guys are enjoying the news. U.S. Fed's favored inflation gauge sharply declined in May, right? So out of Washington, the U.S. inflation measure most closely watched by the Federal Reserve declined sharply in May. Official figures showed Friday returning to a downward trend after a jump a month earlier. The Fed recently announced it was pausing its aggressive campaign of 10 consecutive interest rate hikes to tackle inflation in order to give policymakers more time to assess the strength of the U.S. economy. The personal consumption expenditure, the PCE index, measures the inflation eased uh, due, uh, to uh, 3.8% year-on-year in May, a significant drop from 4.3% a month earlier, the Commerce Department said in a statement. Much of the slowdown was due to a sharp drop in energy prices and food prices to a lesser extent. I was reading an article where food prices, the prices of food might be a little bit stickier to the upside, which might prop up inflation, be somewhat of a headwinds with that. That's a separate article. But here it continues. Uh, Core PCE excluding volatile food and energy prices slowed only slightly to an annual rate of 4.6%. from 4.7% a month earlier, indicating that inflation remains stubborn in many areas. Just like I was saying, services inflation remained high, while goods inflation rose by a much smaller amount. On a monthly basis, PCE rose by 0.1 percentage points, slightly above the median forecast of economic economists surveyed by briefing.com. Right? So it's a good thing to pay attention to inflation in order to try engage what future Fed policy might be because that's how they determine whether or not they should raise rates or lower them or pause them. Right, So we can try and front run Fed policy in their next meeting by understanding some of these metrics that they use to guide their policy. And PCE is one of those. Right, Next uh, little Note here, this is not a full article, but the headline here reads, Fidelity joins push for spot Bitcoin ETF, those exchange traded funds, and Coinbase responds to SEC lawsuits. So these are the top stories of the day. I think I actually have some further stories here, right? So this is this is a ex- uh, further article that expands upon the SEC situation in uh, with, with regard to Coinbase. So this is from... Cointelegraph says the SEC presents response to Coinbase's legal defense on July 13th. So that's coming up a couple weeks from now. The court also rescheduled the pre-trial conference uh, to a pre-motion conference, shifting it to July 13th from its original date of August 24. So they're bumping it up, it looks like. The United States Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, will present its response to Coinbase's first legal defense on July 13, according to a court order issued on Thursday, June 29. In a legal document filing, the SEC submitted a request to the court for a three-business-day extension. This extension was sought to provide the SEC adequate time to prepare a response to the letter submitted by Coinbase, the defendant. The defendants have agreed to the request. The previous deadline for the SEC to file its response to Coinbase's letter was July 3, 2023, according to Rule 4A of the Courts of Individual Rules. However, Judge Catherine Polk Failia of approved the SEC's request for more time and set the new date of July 13. In addition, the court rescheduled the pretrial and uh, yeah, from July 13 to August 24th, right? So in the meantime, Coinbase recently filed a letter to the court dated June 28th, request 
28th, requesting to uh, leave to file a motion for judgment on the pleadings under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 212C. This motion was filed in response to the SEC's complaint earlier. Coinbase had also filed a 177-page answer to the complaint 40 days before the deadline of August 7th. So, I mean, obviously, that's just a bunch of uh, court filings. It sounds like they're just going back and forth with paperwork, right? Uh, But in general, in layman's terms, the way I read that is that the SEC sued Coinbase, right? And what did they sue them for? They sued them for doing unregistered securities offerings, right? And then Coinbase clapped back and said, basically, no, we didn't. Your, uh, your, your lawsuit is invalid for these reasons. And now the SEC has time to respond to that. That's basically how I read all of that, right? I wish uh, they worded that simpler. All right, so next article is First Mover America's Coinbase response to the SEC's lawsuit. So this is kind of like, I should have put this article beforehand, Uh, but this is the essence of what they're responding kind of to uh, in general. I think that's just a headline though. Um, Next, uh, let's see, this is the details of what they're responding with. They're saying that the SEC, that their response lacks authority and that they lack authority to bring the lawsuit. The SEC alleged in the lawsuit filed earlier this month that Coinbase violated securities law by operating an unregistered securities broker, like I said, um, and a clearing agency at that. A key part of the SEC's case is its claim that 13 different cryptocurrencies traded on the Coinbase platform are securities and therefore should be regulated by Washington. Coinbase, in its first legal response to the lawsuit, said the tokens named by the SEC are not securities and therefore fall outside the SEC security scrutiny, right? So it's not even in their jurisdiction, uh, so to speak. Um, they include Sol, Ada, and Matic. And uh, because as a matter of law, none of them are, the claims must be dismissed. The company said in a letter filed with a Manhattan federal court, It also made similar arguments in a longer 177-page filing Wednesday. So that's a better put article. Probably should have only included this article in the news. But here, more news. CME Group announces plans to launch ETH and Bitcoin ratio futures. That's pretty interesting. So obviously we have futures on the CME for like Bitcoin and stuff, but we never had a ratio because that's Bitcoin to the US dollar. But we never had... ETH to Bitcoin. That's pretty cool. So the derivatives exchange CME Group plans to launch Ether Bitcoin ETH to BTC ratio futures on July 31st. If approved by regulators, the company announced Thursday the futures will be cash settled, meaning that cash exchanges hands at settlement instead of the underlying instruments. So Ethereum and Bitcoin are not being exchanged. It's going to be cash settled. So it doesn't create volume for Bitcoin and Ethereum, I guess. Um, CME Group Ether Futures final settlement price will be divided by the corresponding CME Group Bitcoin Futures settlement price to determine the value. Right? So it's pretty straightforward. They're just launching a Bitcoin to ETH ratio. Um, next piece of news, we got Fidelity joins spot Bitcoin ETF race with fresh SEC filing. I know we've seen a wave of SEC filings. I think we've reported on this in the past, but here in this article it says Fidelity Investments is the latest financial service services heavyweight to throw its name into the race uh, to offer the first U.S. exchange traded fund investing directly in Bitcoin. 
I guess it's a race, yeah. I think Kathy Wood is first in line, so I don't think uh, Fidelity is going to get it. Then it's Grayscale. No, no, Grayscale. No, then it's BlackRock. So it's Kathy Wood of ARK Invest, then BlackRock, and then I guess these other people are getting in line. So now Fidelity Investments is getting in line. The Boston-based asset manager, which is about $11 trillion in assets under administration and has tens of millions of customers, refiled for the Wise Origin Bitcoin Trust, according to a document submitted Thursday with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Similar to previous U.S. spot Bitcoin ETF filings in the past weeks, the updated application says that Fidelity expects to enter into a surveillance sharing agreement with a U.S. cryptocurrency exchange. That's kind of interesting. Huh. What do you guys think of that? It's the latest high-profile tra- traditional finance firm to join the race after BlackRock made a splash with its June 15 application for a spot ETF, which opened the floodgates for others to try their hand at it as well. So I think an analyst was giving BlackRock a 50-50 chance of their application for the ETF being accepted. And I'm not sure if it's a 50-50 coin flip, if all of these ETFs are truly priced into the market, right? Because a lot of people are saying, okay, the ETFs are priced in, that this was us pricing in the ETFs right here, right? But if it's a 50-50, that would be rather risky. And if it indeed is priced in and they don't get accepted, then they would get priced out, right? Whereas if they're not priced in because it's still 50-50 and people try and front run the market. So if the chances are 50-50, then it's probably not priced in. Um, then if it does happen, you probably have yet some upside to happen if these events take place, right? So that's kind of my analysis. What do you guys think the odds are that we see some of these filings get accepted by the SEC. Next piece of news, crypto offers Africans a lifeline from inflation and corruption, says execs. Chris Maurice, founder and CEO of crypto exchange Yellow Cards, said in Africa, crypto isn't just the casino. It can sometimes feel like in the West. Right. So in the West, we treat it like a casino and it's not like that in Africa. While many investors in the West look to crypto to speculate on the next biggest trend, blockchain technology is actually solving real world problems in Africa, such as hyperinflation and corruption. Executives told Cointelegraph. Speaking to Cointelegraph, Chris Maurice, founder and CEO of Yellowcard, Africa's latest cryptocurrency exchange, said crypto in Africa is growing at the speed of light because it allows many Africans to escape from traditional financial systems failures and transact more freely. Crypto solves real world problems with banking and currencies on the continent. And it isn't the casino that it can feel like sometimes in the West. Maurice said that most common use cases in Africa are international payments, sending money to friends and family, and saving money against inflation. Crypto in Africa lives closer than any other part of the world to the original mission of the technology, he added. That's very interesting. A lot of people ask me, when does crypto actually have real-world use case? And to that, I answer that... Blockchain technology as something that cut out, cuts out a middleman and is a trustless monetary system that can protect from inflation is a real world use case for Bitcoin. So basically, if these people are in nations where they can't easily, you know, 
access a banking system to go transfer their native currency from uh, whatever they're holding to dollars in order to you know, shelter themselves from inflation of their native currency, then what they have is a better, easier option with Bitcoin, right? And things of that nature. And in this case, it's easier in some cases for them to use crypto as a shelter against inflation, but not that only as a medium of exchange as well, as they use it to send money to family and friends and for international payments like remittances. So it's good to see crypto actually being adopted for its original purpose. Next piece of news around the world, Slovakian parliament votes to approve lower crypto taxes. Oh no, it says I disconnected. Let me see if I'm good to go. Yeah, we're good. Um, Slovakian parliament votes to approve lower crypto taxes. A parliamentary vote held by lawmakers in Slovakia approved an amendment that will reduce the taxation of cryptocurrencies, which is currently on a sliding scale. Members of Slovakia's National Council of the Slovak Public, the country's parliament, have voted to approve lower crypto taxes along with additional measures affecting cryptocurrency holders. On June 28th, the National Council voted to approve an amendment that will reduce personal tax income, personal income tax on profits gained from the sale of cryptocurrencies held by the user for at least one year. Right. So I guess they're implementing a kind of like a a long, a long term gains tax. You know, the tax will be lowered to 7 percent, which is a significant decrease from the current taxation sliding scale of either 19 or 25. Man, I should move to uh, Slovakia. Right. (laughs) Very nice. Um, That's the wrong country. Sorry. Um, All right. Let's see. This is the, the news from the uh, the headline. This is hilarious, guys. We got we to gotta report on this. This is the important stuff, you guys. Cardano captain, Mr. Charles Hoskinson, right? Charles Hoskinson, Mr. Cardano. He's hunting for extraterrestrial objects in Pacific waters. Look at this guy. He's going on an adventure, right? So let's see here. Charles Hoskinson, founder of Cardano, is on a quest to find an otherworldly object that plunged into the sea near Papua New Guinea. He has joined forces with the Galileo Project, an initiative that received a donation of $1.5 million from Hoskinson earlier this year, guided by Avi Loeb, a Harvard astronomer, and his apprentice, Amir Siraj. The Galileo Project's team is investigating an object which they believe to be a meteor from beyond our solar system that collided with Earth in 2024, right? So, the United States Department of Defense has uh, corroborated with the extraterrestrial origins of this object, and it seems the Galileo Project may have stumbled upon some fragments. Hoskinson shared on Twitter on June 16th that he is collaborating with the Galileo Expedition team. He revealed plenty of ground cover, and we haven't even broke out the sluice sled yet. <laughs> Charles is such a funny guy. Let's pull up let's pull up Charles Hoskinson. Let's get Charles Hoskinson. He's the founder of uh, Cardano. There he is. Mr. CIA spy here. Does it does it document his his time in the CIA where he trained as a Navy SEAL and was diving off of? Yeah, here we go. He he claimed repeatedly that he 
to have worked for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, right? So <laughs> this guy's like a 35-year-old that LARPs as like a 50-year-old as if he has the life experience. It's like, you know, yeah, I fought in Nam and I worked in DARPA and I skydove off of Apache helicopters and fell in love with a spy who was trying to kill me. It's like, that's what a, that's what a conversation with Charles Hoskinson is like. <laughs> that's the founder of Ada, if you guys are wondering. <laughs> All right, Cardano for you. Not saying his technology doesn't work, but I mean, the guy sure is a weirdo, if you ask me. Um, all right, let's move on to the hot new pairs. That's it for the news. Thank you for tuning in to the news.